Welcome to Tina, a podcast that digs deeper into the thoughts of teenagers' minds about the wonders of the world. If you're new here, I am your host, Isabella. And I'm Glenn. If you're not, welcome back. Here's a quick disclaimer. If we made any mistakes, please email us and tell us. Thank you. In this week's episode, we're going to introduce some more about the African American culture and the European American culture. We are going to talk about the arts and music of these two cultures and how it has influenced and combined into the American culture. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about the African American culture, mainly the music part. So, basically, as we all know, the African American like influences in American music is very important. Like there would basically be no American music without African American music. Um yeah, like rap music or jazz music, which yeah. you know could be seen in today's pop music a lot, like their influences. Uh-huh, and like blues and stuff. Mhm. Okay. So like these uh these like blue notes and like jazz and stuff, their roots and techniques um, originally developed in, like, the Western and Central Africa before arriving to the United States. And, like, a main example of this is uh, jazz. And in the late 19th century, the African-American musicians, they, like, combined popular songs, like, popular songs at that time with, like, African-American folk songs. Mm-hmm. Like ragtime, uh, sacred music, like basic like Christian music, or like maybe even before that, and the blues. Uh, so they combined those together and like created more like improvised music. Yeah, like those music really represent how they feel, like these musicians. Uh-huh. And like back to the jazz part, um, some scholars would even call jazz to be America's classical music which I think is very interesting. And yeah, like Glenn said, these uh, music definitely shows like the African-American civil rights struggles of like the 20th century um, because these music did help them express what they were going through and stuff. And these music actually were like played in movements and like for like equality and justice, you know, to sing their heart out and stuff. Uh-huh. And in the 20th, early 20th century, like in the mass media and the entertainment industries, like one of the most important factor in this uh, was African-American music that formed after the Civil War. When was the Civil War? I think it's around um, 1860 something. Oh, yeah, I think around that time. Okay, so something I learned about jazz, like, during history class, was that jazz was very popular in, like, the 1900s. And it was, like, music created mostly for white audience, you know, to entertain them. And apparently, they, the African Americans, weren't given, like, the credit for uh, creating these music, because I think it was because... Um, like the white people would just, uh, take their music and I guess produce more jazz and, you know. Like mass production. Yeah. And these, uh, African Americans were never, like, really given credit for what they were doing because it was basically from their culture. But 
at that time to like make everyone like it and you know to entertain everyone they had to go through that which i guess is a little sad but at least they're getting uh acknowledged about this right now Mm mm-hmm Okay, so, like, these African-American musicians, like, their music has actually not only influenced America itself, but, like, um, inspirations from African-derived music uh, started to happen in the Caribbeans, um, like, Latin America, and as well as the African continent itself. So, it actually has a pretty big global impact and influence. Like, even till now, like... I listen to jazz. Glenn Glenn listened to jazz. Yes, I listen to a lot of jazz. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like a few years ago, there's like this TV show in China that's like people trying to like rap. It's like a reality show about rapping. Mm -hmm. I think that that is also an influence from African-American culture. Yeah. uh, Like I really like hip hop. I listen to a lot of rap songs and I like R&B too. Like, these are all, like, derived from the African-American music culture, which I totally appreciate because, like, they create great music. Um, Yeah. So, moving on to the European-American music culture. So, in the 20th century, people started describing music made by whites of European ancestry as folk music but this like mainly talked about the isolated rural south but then as like like the century moved on the definition of folk music expanded into many other song styles like the blues meaning that it has started including like the southern blacks as well so basically folk music was viewed as like a pathway into the cultural life of these different groups of people um even native americans mexican americans uh, all of their music started to be included within this folk music thing so these like folk music basically very much like the african-american music they all uh, talked about the experiences of ordinary men and women like some just just talking about like their ordinary life um but like also they could also talk about like different race class and gender these type of problems within their music but music definitely wasn't only used for these type of purposes they were celebrating stuff too and giving dignity to identity and stuff i think music can really represent a person's identity that is true yeah and actually I feel, uh, music performances was actually sort of the reason white people and black people could get along, you know? Uh, like, they would share their own music culture to each other, which I think was really important because, uh, if they had not done that, our music today would be very different. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So basically, the folk music that I first talked about, I said it was isolated, uh, south, southern part, right? And, um, it is, uh, based towards upon, like, the poor rural whites. They were, so, like, scholars and, uh, people who study music would say that these people have a more pure and authentic American culture. 
You mean folk music? The original meaning of folk music.、Mm-hmm. Uh, later, yeah, that was generalized, but like the beginning meaning of it, it was more like based on these people and because they had more of like the Northern European sources, like they were more closely related to that part of their ancestry and stuff. Um, and one thing that I find super interesting is that, like American music, it is so based on freedom. You know, like a lot of them are talking about social change movements. Like these ideas put into music is always talking about like some struggle for social change, and they want freedom and want to get rid of the oppression that they're feeling in their life. But that kind of makes sense for American music because、um, they care about freedom a lot, like we talked about in the previous episode. I mean, it is kind of similar to like this individualism idea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like their their whole culture, because it's so diverse. At first, they had to learn how to live with each other, right? And like they want their own freedom and not get oppressed by another group of people. Which totally makes sense. And just a little like note here is that American literature, I feel like, is very similar to the music culture because you know they're always talking about their personal lives, like depicting their personal lives and sharing their beliefs through writing and singing.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just find them very similar. And these music and Literature as well, they they do change as like time goes on. Like literature, we learn about like modernism right now, and I feel like music sort of goes with the flow as well. Like it started as more sacred music, and then slowly like changed to social movements and stuff. Yeah, well, I haven't thought of that. That is kind of an interesting viewpoint. Uh huh. I just feel like because they're both always expressing. Themselves, like these two ways, are the ways that people use to express themselves. So it is very closely related. It's just people use different ways, you know.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after the break, we're going to interview MDJD about their views on African American culture and European American culture. Welcome back. So here's our interview with Kelly and Jessa from NBJD Podcast. So you guys could start with your podcast intro. So I can give us a quick little intro.、Um, I'm Kelly. I'm Jessa, and we run NBJD, which is a podcast about us getting our professional degrees. I'm Becoming a lawyer and Jessa is becoming a doctor.、Um, is there anything you wanted to add in, Jessa? Yeah, I would just add that it's kind of about the life of students and young professional women.、Um, kind of a whole bunch of different issues related to life, studying, friendships,、um, etc. So, kind of everything that comes with being a student and starting on a professional journey.、Um, so, the first question here is:、um, What is your heritage? Well, I can talk about mine a little bit. So I'm American, born in the U.S.、Um, my dad's side of his family, my grandparents on that side are Canadian, but I was born in the U.S. and my parents were too.、Um, my dad's family is 
pretty Scottish and Irish. And my mom's family is um, Polish and Irish. So I'm pretty Irish and Scottish, I think mostly. So that's kind of my background. Uh, yeah, I I also was born in the United States as a parent. Um, on my dad's side is more Eastern European, so uh, Ukrainian, um, I think Baltic states, so Lithuanian, um, some Russian as well. And on my mom's side, more Western European, so Norway, Germany. Um, so that's that's most of my um, genetic makeup, I think. <laughs> Oh, okay. Interesting. Um. So, what are you guys's um connection to your ancestry? Uh, do you have any, Jessa? I don't know a whole lot. I mean, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. There's some of that um, heritage. Uh, we still do kind of acknowledge and retain, although um, I was raised Jewish. Um, but my dad was, and although he doesn't really practice, it still kind of has been uh, something that has, uh, it's, it's been just like a, a part of our lives, um, kind of a part of how we were raised. Yeah, I would say the same, like religion for me, I know is a big part of my family's Irish Catholic heritage and being Polish and French Canadian too, those are also really Catholic cultures. So I think religion is kind of the uniting force that all my ancestors had in common. So a lot of those traditions are important to us. Oh, okay. Um, what about like um, music-wise or like art, um, those kind of cultural activities? Is there like any connection? Not really a whole lot, I would say, for, for my family particularly. We do. I, I know for my family, like there is some Irish styles that are important to us. Like I have... Um, my wedding band is a Celtic knot. So, and I used to wear a clattering. So things like that, I used to like kind of connect to my culture. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like more just like heritage, like a lot of like trolls and stuff. Like, <laughs> artwork, although I think that my family tries to like ignore that. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that in. Um, uh, our season, we're talking about uh, culture because we wanted to like understand why would people want to like fight against each other or like uh, the issues like stop Asian hate and stuff. Um, so do you guys have like any opinions on this? Yeah, I really I love this. Um, I love this topic. I think this is really interesting. And I know historically there have been some different thoughts on this. I think Jared Diamond may have um, mm-hmm. written about this as well. Um, like in terms of the collapse of society and why the cultures go to war. And I think there's kind of, I think the two schools of thought are primarily like, um, I guess like ideological differences, like cultural religious differences versus like true like land different, like, you know, fighting over territory. Uh, I would, I would say probably in both. And at least at this point in society, you know, in, in the United States, I think it even transcends like purely like land or ideological differences just to the point of like we have institutionalized mm. attitudes about other cultures. Maybe they had historic basis and, you know, either of those two reasons, but now it's just kind of become ingrained. Um, and so there's just a lot of like history going back um, as to why we're still 
um, having these differences, having institutionalized racism, um, and just have kind of grown up with these ideas about each other. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, my grandma's family is from Northern Ireland, which is a very conflict-heavy part of the world. And there's a civil war in that area. And I agree with Jess. I think it almost becomes part of the culture where I feel like it becomes normal and people feel like they identify with either side and they don't want to compromise or I don't know. There's a lot of history a lot of the time behind those conflicts. That's really painful and it can be really difficult to overcome that. And I think in terms of AAPI hate, I know um, you two aren't in the U.S., so I don't know um, how it is where you grew up, but I know in the U.S., I feel like sometimes we don't do the best job of educating Americans about our history of how Asian Americans are treated, like how Japanese Americans are put in internment camps and also the forced labor of Chinese Americans. So I feel like in the U.S., we need to do a better job of teaching about that so that people know about the history. I agree. I think it turns into kind of like the situation, I don't know if, if y'all have read like Romeo and Juliet where they have like the Montagues and the Capulets who have like been fighting for generations and generations and like at, even like as the book or as the play starts, they don't even remember why yeah. they just like, beat each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, history has definitely um, like influenced this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, we learned about this in our history class too because our history teacher just thought that perhaps we should know about this and get prepared uh, when we go to college in America. Um, yeah, so that was super helpful. Um, oh, I was just wondering if, like, have you guys, like, actually seen this type of thing happen in America? Like, like actual, di- like, discrimination or something? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, like, more casual racism. I think it's getting much, well, maybe not much better, but I think it's getting better because, like, people are more aware. It's something that, like, I, I don't know that you necessarily see it quite so much outwardly expressed like, where we are. Like, we both tend to work in studies that are more progressive and yeah. we're surrounded by people who have similar beliefs. But, like, sometimes if you go out in public, you, like, you might see, like, microaggressions at people of other races or microaggressions, like, literally just racism. Um, People say like other racist things. Yeah. Obviously, we know that this happens in the United States because like we hear about it in the news, like the whole um, police brutality, Black Lives Matter, like all of this is like based and and like of course like um, the whole stop Asian hate campaign. Like this is all based on real events in the United States of racism that's happening and violence that's happening. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um. Um, so I guess the point we're trying to ask is like, what do you guys think um, kind of like make this what it is right now? Or like, what does it has to do with um, the cultural differences that we have? I think that's a good question. Like the cultural differences people of different races have within the U.S. Uh-huh. I do think there are differences and some of that contributes to the misunderstanding. But I also feel like a lot of it is just ignorance. Like I do think there's stereotypes about Asian Americans and it's usually that they're really smart and good at math and some stuff that's like really reductive, I think. But I think a lot of it is also just ignorance and the majority, which is 
white people maybe not understanding Asian culture. I feel like that's a bigger problem. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think it really is less like cultural differences between them. Not that cultural differences don't exist. Of course they do. I just yeah. don't know the root cause. Um, I think, like Kelly said, it's mainly ignorance. It's fear of the unknown. Um, it's been kind of galvanizing by um, sort of the Trump movement to just automatically hate the other person. Um, yeah. And I think it has less to do with any specific difference. Um, okay, that's about it. Glenn, do you have any other things you want to say? Um, no, not really. I think that's pretty much it. So thank you, Jessa and Kelly, for joining us today on this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will upload a new episode every Thursday. Remember to like, follow, and share our podcasts with your friends and family. You could also share your idea and thoughts with us on our Instagram at teenup.podcast. You could also find us on YouTube, and we will be thrilled if you could subscribe and leave us a comment. Thank you and bye.